have some uh, reality therapy for Pastors Jonathan and Carolyn, and that is the older your children get, the less cash you have in their wallet. And so you may have had some, but uh, we, we called that uh, the, the, uh, the uh, teenage salad, because every time they said lettuce, we had to put green in their hands. So um, anyway, but uh, Sam and Julia are celebrating their 12th anniversary today, and it takes some time to do that. So for the last 12 years, once again, we have cash in our wallet. So there's, uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But it's a wonderful joy, amen, to minister to our wives, I mean, to our children and into their lives. And so um, I know one of the most powerful things that I ever received was the uh, knowledge that money is the power to love, that God blesses us with money so that we can love. And uh, the Lord spoke to me because I grew up in a home where you would often hear, we don't have enough money. And the Lord came to me one day and he said, John, you've heard this, but I say unto you that money is the power to love and there's always enough love. And if you will love, there will always be enough money. And so anyway, it's a wonderful privilege to be able to to love one another, to be able to love the Lord. Uh, I know I talked with uh, Pastor, Pastor Bruce McDonald our missionary uh, to North Africa on Wednesday, and he was sharing with us that uh, he and those at uh, Regions Beyond are ministering to the 37 pastors in the city of Niamey and Niger uh, who have no income at this time. And so he's providing food and sustenance to those families. Um, they also uh, have the ministry there in the mountains, the Omo Valley of Ethiopia, which is being af- 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 affected and afflicted by coronavirus as well. And so the people there, he is sending them soap and face masks so that they'll be able to try to, to slow down and if possible to stop the spread of that virus in those communities where they live very close together. So uh, it's really important that they be taken care of. and. So I want to thank you for standing with them. Uh, We as a church give to them on a monthly basis, a regular offering. And then many of you also give in addition to that. And I just want to thank you for standing with them. I believe this is important right now in the situation that we're in. Amen. To reach out in love and, and supply the needs as God gives us the ability to do that. And so... We just want to give you opportunity so that you know what the needs are and you can keep those before the Lord because it's wonderful to give, but it is always necessary to pray. And even when we don't have the power to give, to still pray and ask the Lord to miraculously meet those needs. Amen. If he cannot do it by our hand, he can use somebody's hand to meet that need and to bring an answer in that situation. So I just want to thank you for doing that. Uh, Pastor John Branson is not with us this morning. He had uh, a procedure he had to have done this week, and he's home resting, but I received a text from him saying, my body's weak, but my it is well with my soul. So he's still singing, and he sent his greetings to you this morning. 
Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians, the third chapter. And I want to minister this morning on the power of your inner man. The power of the inner man. And the empowerment of the inner man. Um, So turn with me there. Ephesians 3, beginning our reading this morning with verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I've always been fascinated with construction. I remember when I was in the third grade looking out the window to be distracted by the, what was going, out, going on outside rather than what was going on in the class because outside the window of my third grade class, they were building an addition to my elementary school. And I was fascinated to watch the process of construction. A couple years later, the small church that we were a part of built a a small building for the the Sunday school and the classes, and and I was fascinated to watch as that building was built. And as I've grown up, I've always been fascinated with construction and uh, riding down the freeway between here and and downtown downtown Seattle or SeaTac. I've been following the progress as they build Uh, the light rail system there along the freeway. And particularly, I have been taking note of the pillars that they are building and uh, watching them in the process. And the first thing they do is dig a very deep hole in the ground. Um, And into that hole, they put bars of steel. And then they attach the bars of steel that are in the hole to bars of steel that will rise up through the column. And I mean, inside that column, they're literally, I mean, not hundreds, but at least tens of rebars that pass up through those columns. And it is because of that foundation that is deep in the ground and because of the steel that is inside of that concrete that those pillars have enough strength to hold up a railroad, a train, and the passengers that are on it. And yet all of those things, those, that strength of those pillars is hidden. It's inside. It's underground. You look at the outside of the pillar, you don't see the things that are the elements of strength that the, the engineers, including Chris Brown, have put into that column so that it will be strong enough, not just to hold up the train, but in this area, to withstand an earthquake of nine plus on the Richter scale. So, I mean, you have to understand the strength of that column is what? It's inside. In one way, it's hidden. 
But even though it's hidden, it's still there. And it's always there. And it is that which gives it strength. And we as Christians are like that pillar. What gives us strength is our foundation. What gives us strength is what is in the inner man. The Apostle Paul realized this, and he said, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom the whole family in earth, heaven and earth are named, that he would grant you to be strengthened with all might by the Spirit in the inner man. And I want to talk to you about the health and the strength of the inner man this morning. Because it's very important. And especially in these days, when we are being tested in ways that maybe we never expected to be tested. Amen? How is it that something that was going to last two weeks is still going on four and a half months later? But the thing is, we don't know where the end is and we don't know how it will end. Nobody does. But in the meantime, we have to have an inner strength. A strength that comes not from our own resources. A strength that comes not from our own determination, maybe our own willingness. We want to be strong. We should want to be strong. Amen. I'm going to speak in a little bit about the mentality of just enough. How many of us have a mentality of just enough? Can you help me a little bit? <laughs> I know I say that. Could you help me a little while? Could you help me a little bit? Amen. That's, that's just, you know, help me get over the top of the hill here. Help, help me get this thing done. But, it, but it's a limited ask. I'm not asking for your life. I'm asking for five minutes. You know, but sometimes it's because... We have been taught to only ask for just enough. Give me enough to, to, to do this, what I know I need. But the thing is, is God is a God of more than enough. And God is a God who doesn't want us to be just barely able, but to be very able by the power of his spirit to be who he's called us to be. The inner man needs to be strong, needs to be made strong by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And we need to know that that strength is on the inside of us. Other people may not see it, but God knows it's there and we need to know it's there. And we need to know that the Lord has made a provision for us. Amen. Now, you know, this, I just want you to know this, this prayer is there. God thought this prayer significant enough to include it in Scripture. And because he included it in Scripture, I believe it has eternal significance. And it also has eternal consequence. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name according to my will, it shall be done for you. How many think Paul might have hit it? I think he did, right down the middle. I think he hit the target. This is, a, this is a godly prayer. This is a prayer that is centered in the will of God. This is a prayer that is centered in the name of God. This is a prayer that we can count on. This is a prayer that we can appropriate. Amen? Now, if you want to, you can repeat it. You can pray it for yourself. You can pray it for one another. 
But the thing is, is the apostle Paul prayed it for us. For this reason, I bow my knees. For this reason, this is what I'm asking God for you. This is what I want from God for you. That you be strengthened in the inner man. Why did he say that? Because it is the most important thing. And I want to encourage you this morning because in this church and in the modern age, the inner man is often overlooked. The social gospel puts emphasis on the outer man, upon the outward needs of men. And it's not that those needs should not be attended, but the greater need is also what goes on inside of us. And right now, what's going to determine whether or not we win this war, not just against the flu, but against the Antichrist, is the inward strength, the condition of the heart of the believer who's been made strong by the power and the might of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, Paul uses interesting language, that you might be strengthened with might by his spirit kind of double powered empowered by power by the power of god man we need to be empowered by power but we need to understand the significance of the human spirit the first thing i want to tell you this morning is your spirit isn't doesn't belong to you it just happens the spirit that is in you But if you look at the end of 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 20, something very interesting. For you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How are you taking care of what belongs to God? How are you taking care of, how are you considering this that belongs to God? Amen. We are bought with a price. We're not our own. Our body and our spirit are the Lord's. Amen. He's he's loaning them to us. (laughs) He's loaning them to us. Amen. But he bought them on the cross. Amen. We belong, we, our bodies, our spirits belong to him. Amen. So we should not be careless with either one of them. Amen. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We can get all religious about the presence of God, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants to dwell in you. The Lord wants to express himself in you. We can talk about the power of his presence. And thank God when we gather together and two or three of us in his name, he is there in our midst. But every day, every day, he wants us to know that his presence is in us. In us. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to dwell in me. He wants to dwell in us. Plural. He wants to dwell in every person here. Every one of us is important. I remember speaking with Pastor Doug and Pat back in the early days of this church. And we were talking 
And I remember Pastor Pat saying, because somebody was asking this whole question, why doesn't everybody get healed? And her response was this. A lot of times people are not healed because the person who has the gift didn't give it. It may not be the pastor who has the gift. <laughs> Several years ago, I won't say how many for the sake of my daughter, but she was about two and a half years old. She could walk and sort of talk. And uh, anyway, I came home from work one day, had a severe backache, didn't say anything. I just laid down on the couch to take a break and rest my back and try to get some relief. And I was just laying there on the couch, and she was in the middle of the family room playing with her Barbies. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw her look at me like this. She got up. She waddled over. She plunked her little hands down on me and said, Jesus, heal my daddy's back. Not only did she have a healing, she had a word of knowledge. And she was two and a half years old. I'm trying to tell you, the Lord wants to dwell in us. He wants to move in us. But we have to understand that our spirit belongs to him. And then we have to take some consideration for the spirit that is in us. Because God has a plan for us. He has a plan for our spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May the God of peace himself completely make you holy. And may your whole spirit, notice the spirit comes first. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. This again is a dec apostolic declaration. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. Now I realize that may considers a, there's a little something there because if you don't want it, you won't get it. If you don't believe it, you won't have it. But if you will receive it, and if you will believe it, the Lord will sanctify you completely, body or spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. I mean, are you getting this this morning? Do you understand what this really means? What it really means is, is your spirit that God put within you when you were born again. That spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, can remain blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your soul, which is a kettle of worms, your mind, your emotions, your will, right? can be sanctified, can be made holy. Men, <laughs> SOS, save our souls.
<laughs> save our souls. Amen. Our souls can be saved. You do not have to live with emotions that run all over you. You don't have to live with the mind that is full of confusion and lies and deceit and unbelief and bitterness and all of those things. You can be free. You can be free. You can be whole. You can be sanctified. You can be saved. Your soul can be saved. But it starts with the spirit being made strong. I think the secret is our spirit needs to be stronger than our soul. But most of the time we're feeding our soul and not our spirit. We're a Pentecostal church. And I dare say that many of us are in arrears when it comes to praying in tongues. Oh, well, that doesn't profit anybody but me. doesn't profit anybody but me tell you what it took part of my repentance that took place before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit was this and people were challenging me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and uh, the, the person talking to me says it's important that you speak in tongues and I told this person I said flat out I said, speaking in tongues is the least of the gifts. I want a good gift, a greater gift. Who wants the least? God does. But one Sunday I went to preach a little country church in Oklahoma. I prayed all week, got two messages from the Lord, got up and preached with all of my heart and my soul and my strength, and I put five deacons to sleep in the morning, prayed all afternoon, put five deacons to sleep in the evening. On the way home, I was boiling mad. Judy went to sleep so she wouldn't have to partner with me in my anger. And I'm driving down the freeway at 70 miles an hour, not in a good frame of mind, pounding on that steering wheel. And I'm saying, Lord, I am willing to preach the gospel, but I am not willing to be a sleeping pill for Baptist deacons. The Lord spoke to me and he said, John, you have been despising my gifts. John... The Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And if he only ever spoke in tongues one time, and it was of the Lord, it is not a stupid, silly gift. Every gift that God gives is important. And it has a reason that God is giving that gift. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when a man prays in the unknown tongue, his understanding is not profited because he speaks in the spirit the mysteries of God but he is edifying himself or his spirit when you speak in tongues you are building up the strength of the inner man 
You are being strengthened with might and with power in the inner man by the Spirit of God. This message this morning came as I spoke in tongues. The Lord began to speak to me what he wanted to speak through me as I was speaking in tongues. I study the word of God, but there's things that have to come from the heart of God. And that comes by the spirit of God to the spirit of man. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. But we have to take heed and know that our spirit matters. It's not even ours. It's his. It should matter more because it's his. Our spirit should be important because Jesus paid a terrible price to purchase our body and our spirit. For a very wonderful and powerful purpose. The cause is for this reason I bow my knees. Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees before God that he would grant to you according to his riches and glory. I can't even begin to explain to you what that is this morning. Because our concept of riches is just money. But God's riches... God's riches, his riches in glory, not on the earth, but in heaven above, his riches in glory, according to his riches in glory, not a little bit, but God's everything, God's everything. That's all I can say. It's it's God's everything. He wants to give us his everything, but we need to know we need it. That you be strengthened. That you be made strong. The Lord wants us to be made strong right now. This is not a time to be blown back and forth by every opinion. Another way to say it is every wind of doctrine. There's so many things that people are bouncing around out there. That night, the first night... When I started to, after I apologized to the Lord for ridiculing his gifts, the next thing out of my mouth was, I go, ooh. And then, of course, my good little intellect began to analyze it, break it down linguistically. That sounds like Spanish. That sounds like German. That sounds like Greek. Sounds like Hebrew. And then uh, this thought came to me, Lord, this is irrational. He said, instantly he said, no, it's not. It's super rational. For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What's going on here is not below your head. It's above it. And something happened to me that night because of the grace of God, the mercy of God to deal with me. I was a rebel. I was an unbelieving, stubborn, proud Stiff-necked, hard-hearted, self-confident person that was arguing with God. And 
I should say that if you argue with God, you will get results, but <laughs> thing is, it's probably not the best thing to do. I think you're supposed to submit to God. Anyway, just a little word there for you this morning. The why of this, why should our spirit be strong that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The way I look at it is this, is the spirit of God is the transmitter. The spirit of man is the receiver. And God speaks to us from his spirit to our spirit. And if our spirit is strong, and if it's not divided, if it's not confused, if it's not in darkness, if it's clean, if it's holy, if it's sanctified, I mean, if it's in the right place, submitted to God, amen? Some people will say the spirit is tied up in the will. I don't know if the spirit and the will of man are the same thing, Mike. I just know they're very closely related. They interact. But when your spirit gets right, your will will come around. You're, you know, that's what David cried out, Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Renew a right spirit within me. Then I can teach transgressors your ways. Then sinners will be converted unto you. But it's pretty hard to convert a sinner if you're in sin. It's pretty hard to deal with rebellion when you're in rebellion. You have to come to that place of submission to God. You have to come to that place of submission to God. And you have to understand that God is bigger than you and he's a whole lot better than you. And he's smarter than you. He's stronger than you. He loves you more than you love yourself and more than you love anybody else. His love is greater. God is greater. I agree God is good. I'm just sure that's not good enough. I mean, does good really capture it? Riches and glory, my goodness. So it's talking about the strength of this inner man, but it says being rooted and grounded in love. Remember the foundation of the pillars? That's the part in which the inner man connects to that foundation that is the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those steel reinforcement rods in our life need to connect to the steel that is in Jesus. And the stillness that is in Jesus. Amazing, that peace that passes all understanding. That's an unshakable foundation needs to be hidden in the depths of our soul, the deepest recess of our hearts and minds. We need to have a powerful confidence in the love of God for us individually. We need to have a powerful confidence in the love of God for one another. As a body of Christ, there's things that God only gives to us corporately. And I can tell you as a scholar, having studied the New Testament, most of the time you read you in the New Testament, it's plural. 
It's not referring to the individual. It's referring to the community of faith. That we are together the building of God. Amen. There's so much emphasis on the individuality, the independence of the human mind, the human will, the human spirit. I don't know about you, but if I follow my independent spirit, I will end up in the bowels of hell. I don't trust myself. I trust God in me. There's a difference. The confidence is not in me. The confidence is in him. That's what will get us through what lies ahead. I don't know what lies ahead. But I got a feeling there's more to come. Not maybe more of the same, but more of something. I think we're very close to the last days. And I think many things are happening here. And in this time, it's very important for us as the body of Christ to be able to comprehend that love of God. That we might know the width of it, the length of it, the depth of it, the height of it. I could go into that. I've spoken to you about it before. But to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. We live in an information age where there's an abundance of knowledge. But there's something you can't find on the internet. There's something you cannot find on the internet. Just as a pastor, my personal opinion is the internet's mostly a tower of Babel. Most of the stuff that's on the internet won't even stand up to the truth test. There are some factual things on there, but there are many things on there that are not factual. And there are many things that are on there that will hurt you. And so you have to be aware of your own spirit and guard your spirit against lies and against deception and against the spirit of this age. Because every age has a spirit. But you and I were born of the eternal spirit of God that is always, always, always love, always truth, always faith, always hope, always goodness. Always gentleness, always meekness, always. Those are the things that we need to understand this morning that we may know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Does that encourage you this morning? You want to know something that's bigger than your head? Greater than all of the heads of men rolled up, put in one place. Greater than all knowledge. It's the the love of God that surpasses knowledge. In order that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let me ask you a question this morning. It's a real hard one. How much can I put in this bottle I didn't say, what's the potential? I mean, right now, as it is, how much could I put in this bottle? About two tablespoons, I reckon, if that much. But you know, once this is full, how much can I put in it? Nothing. Why? Because there's not room for anything else. 
When you are filled with all the fullness of God, there's not room for nonsense. That's a powerful secret right there. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be full of the love of God. Be filled with the fullness of God. That is an incredible statement. That you might be filled with all. (laughs) Charles Spurgeon, but he said that you might be filled. That you might be filled with the fullness. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. It just keeps getting bigger, folks. All, all goes back to, have I got you out of the just barely enough thinking this morning? Do you want it all? I hope you do. Because God wants to give it to you. That's why he died and came. That we might have all that we need. That we might have all of him. That's hard to comprehend sometimes that God gave us his all. When you got Jesus, you got all of him. And it's his desire for you to be filled with all the fullness of God. But that is made possible because we comprehend how much God loves us. And how great that love is. It's length, it's depth, it's height, it's width. It's incredible. I can't describe it. It's beyond words. But it's not beyond experiencing. One of the greatest baptisms is to be baptized into the depths of God's love. The depths of God's love. I prayed for about five years. On my face, in the carpet. As I was beginning my first full-time pastorate. Every day, the Lord said the same thing. He said, John, don't be afraid. I love you. Next day, I prayed, John, don't be afraid. I love you. You know, he doesn't mind repetition. Because it took me about longer than that. It actually took me about 10 years to get it. And one day, I got that revelation. Jesus loves me unconditionally. Jesus loves me with all of his heart, with all of his mind, with all of his soul, with all of his strength, with no limitation. That's how God loves you this morning. Now, we can't even comprehend that because all of our love is limited. But God's love is unlimited. And when we experience God's unlimited love, guess what happens to ours? It grows in capacity. And we can love more people with more love. We can love our spouses with greater love. We can love our children with greater love. We can love our neighbor. We can love our enemies. Yeah, huh? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Jesus said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. He said, even the Pharisees like those who like them. If you're just limited to that, what more do you have than them? So the Lord's challenging us to what? Love our enemies. 
You want to take a test? Ask yourself if you love the progressives. Not asking you if you agree with them. I hope you don't. But do you love them? I went to Utah as a college student, and for four years I debated with the Mormons. Never saw one Mormon ever get saved. After four years of seminary, Judy and I went back there to pastor. The first thing the Lord told me, he said, John, you'll never win anybody to Christ whom you don't love. And if you want to see Mormons come to Christ, you have to love them. And I want you to love them as though they're already saved. So I quit fighting with them and just started loving them. And you would be surprised how it changed things drastically. But I'm just telling you this morning, God's given us the power, first of all, to experience that love for ourselves, but then to extend that love to wherever the need is. Wherever the need is, to love the unlovely, to love those. Amen. To love those. I mean, David wept over Absalom. It was too late. Absalom was dead. But he still wept over Absalom after all the trouble that Absalom had caused him. So if you really want to go crazy, you can say, well, that was the Old Testament. And the New Testament is even more. Can you love those who hate you, who despitefully use you, who say all men are against you falsely? Can you pray for them? Pray that they will be saved. I want to ask you this morning, have you forgiven your enemies? Have you loved them? We need the fullness of which this passage speaks in our hearts. We need that strength in our spirits. I love this poem. It's very, very old, but it's still very, very true. Faith makes man's heart that dark, low, ruined thing. By its rare art, a palace for a king. Higher than proud Babel's tower by many a story, by faith Christ dwells in us, the hope of glory. Wow. Christ in you, the hope of glory, dwelling in a temple fashioned with love, that he might have that perfect dwelling place in us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to minister for a moment to those who are online this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know this morning the love of God is there for you right where you are right now. Right now. Amen. Sometimes we can't even grab his hand, but we just need to ask him to grab ours. Lord, just grab my hand and lift me up. Lord, lift me up. Lord, lift me up and make me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have known. A higher plane, a higher plane. The Lord wants you to dwell on a higher plane. He wants you to move up, not down. 
He wants to move in, not out. He needs that dwelling place of your heart and of your spirit this morning. You belong to him, but that belongs to him first. Your spirit and your body are his. Amen. If you are a believer, your spirit and your body are his. What you do with your spirit, what you do with your body should be in agreement with who he is. Should be submitted to God. Should be like him and should desire him. Because it's as he dwells in us that we are transformed. Amen. But it's not, a little is not enough. A little is not enough. God wants us to have all that he has for us. And that's the prayer. Amen. So I pray for you, those watching online right now. Lord, strengthen them with all power and might by your spirit, Lord, in the inner man. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking you right now to reveal that love to the hearts of those who've been listening to this program. Lord, right now, Lord, right now, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that night so long ago as I lay upon my bed, you flooded my heart with your love in a way that I did not even know it could ever be. But Lord, you did it for me. And I'm asking you, Lord, to do it for them. To reveal the depths of your love. The heights of your love. The widths of your love. The lengths of your love to them this morning, miraculously. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And now I'm asking you, those watching online, just say, Lord, I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Fill me. Jesus, fill me now. Fill me with your precious, holy power. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today.